This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And we are a church at war. And this show is going to be about spiritual warfare and recovery from emotional exhaustion. And so for me, what I'm going to be sharing my story, what happened in the month of August when I did a Las Vegas campaign. And it was a seven-day campaign. And basically through most of the month of August, I had four weeks straight of very intense spiritual warfare. At the end of that, I was exhausted, emotionally drained, had little nothing left, but God brought me through all that. So I'm going to share this. And today in the dark times we're in, this topic of spiritual warfare is critical because you have a, we have a lot of people that are walking away from the church. Suicide has been increasing. Suicide is now the second highest killer of youth and all this goes back to spiritual warfare and have and understanding how to fight those battles and how to win and how to overcome and so what happened was in august from august 1st through the 7th i was in las vegas and i did seven radio shows in seven days an hour each show except for wednesday and Rebecca and I drove there Sunday. We left in the morning, and Sunday, July 31st, began with a 3 a.m. spiritual attack. And maybe some of you know that 3 a.m. is also known as the witching hour. And that is when Satanists or witches, they cast their spells, and and these things are done at 3 a.m. That's when we're supposed to be having our deepest sleep. And then that makes it harder sometimes to fend off attack when you're in that deep of a sleep. And so what that looks like, it could be crazy thoughts, physical pressure, attacks or thoughts of anxiety or fear or lust or whatever it is. So I got hit with that at 3 a.m., went through that, fought my way through that. And then we drove, you know, a five-hour drive or so from Phoenix to Las Vegas. And then, so Monday through Sunday, August 1st to 7th, I did those seven radio shows. And every day, the the, proceed, the process repeated. In the morning, sometime between 9 and 11, I would start getting this sense of anxiety. And I wasn't, I'm not anxious about doing these radio shows. And I started getting this, it was like a cloud of anxiety enveloping me. And crazy thoughts and sometimes we get hit hit with fear and 
physical pressure and, and all that going on. So from 9 to 11 a.m. it would begin. The radio shows would begin at 3 p.m. So I would have some hours of fighting. And then by the time I got to the radio station at 3 in the afternoon, <laughs> I would be exhausted. <clears throat> and it, But... I'd be, you know, I had, we had people praying. So what happened was every single day, 3 p.m., as soon as I would sit down to start the show, I would get an amazing burst of energy. God would come through, gave me everything I needed, and then repeat the next day. Warfare from 9 to 11 in the morning, all the way up to 3, exhausted. Bam, God gives me what I need. And then repeat again. And Monday, as we were driving away from the studio, I almost we almost got in a car wreck. We couldn't even see the side of the car. They were so close. All I saw was the hood, and I thought, this is it. We're, we're getting in a wreck. But the car veered off at the very last second. And I will share that Tuesday night, the Lord told me that I was we were plowing on hard soil. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, that's not just going to be Las Vegas. That's the whole American church. And and then uh, so Wednesday I started that show off and I shared that, that I believe the Lord showed me we're plowing on rocks on hard soil. And I read Hosea ten twelve. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. <clears throat> and so and how could I say this about plowing rocks? Well, I mean, how often do you hear sin and hell and topics like that and warnings about cutting off sin of any type, not just a sexual sin? And and so we become soft. And I see this and I, I, this kind of feedback from people keep, keep saying the same thing to me. Isn't there more to church than this? Shouldn't we be getting equipped on how to deal with all these areas? And so that week in Las Vegas, I interviewed Greg Reed, who is was in the occult and now equips people in warfare issues, and then Jan Villarubio, an ex-porn actress, and they both of them said the exact same thing. They said if there's no spiritual warfare in what they're doing, they get concerned that something's wrong and that maybe they're not on the right road or maybe they're not even living the Christian life like they're supposed to be. And I, when I heard them both say that, I thought, you know what, that's, that's me too. Because sometimes I think if, if I wasn't getting attacked, which happens just about every time I drive to the radio station <laughs> – then I don't know. I mean, we want to live a life that counts for eternity. And if if we're so comfortable and lukewarm and self-satisfied that we're not going all out with the little bit of life we've been given, um, the enemy is going to be very happy to leave, leave us alone. I want to be the tip of the spear to whatever extent God will allow me to be. And I hope that that's what you're hearing at your church, too, is that we need to challenge each other to be the tip of the spear. And so by Sunday afternoon, I was just wiped out. I was exhausted. And I had nothing. I mean, I didn't drive. Rebecca, who was with me, drove. And and um, and I had planned to take a four-day trip to the desert alone. 
Usually I do that after a hard ministry event because usually that recharges my batteries and, you know, time of rest and seeking God and resting in his presence. Well, the very next weekend I went to that trip and it uh, the warfare continued and actually it was escalating. So now the warfare went serious. And what I was hearing was and getting had assaulted with were thoughts of, Suicide, the fear of suicide. And no, I had not been thinking about this. I wasn't suicidal then, not suicidal now. But the enemy knows how to plant thoughts in our mind. And it's weird when, well, it's not weird. It's sad, actually, when I try and explain this to people. Some people, all they can see is a one-dimensional view of life. It's like, oh, my gosh, are you suicidal? No. This is intense spiritual warfare. And so I had to stand against that, resist that, shut that down. And then there were other attempts to turn me against God. And what that looked like was, you see how intense this is? You know, the enemy would be saying, see how intense this is? God just, you, you did this, this ministry thing and now he's letting you be well on. He's left you alone. You're on your own. There's nobody here to help you. See, you see how he's treating you, and and there were literally times when I'd be wrestling against these these thoughts of anger um, that I didn't want, and <clears throat> God led me into some things I needed to release. But this is very severe. This was very severe, and we see a lot of people falling away today. Some in a very public manner. And this is warfare at its most intense. This is what the enemy is trying to do to get people to give up and cave in and say, all right, I've had enough. This is too much for me. And so I was getting overwhelmed with that and getting over, getting hit with, you know, the lies of abandonment. And then there were other times when I had this, like a dark cloud it was like I entered into a dark cloud and and I didn't understand. It was like I had this strong sense like I lost my salvation. It's not that I had done some horrible sin or sinned at all. But it was like there's it was like this cloud surrounding me like that was saying you've lost your salvation and you know, this whole attack of doubt and and it was bewildering and <clears throat> actually what helped me in that regard was John Eldridge. He just came out with a book called Resilient, and he wrote about experiencing the exact same thing where he went through this dark cloud of doubt and feeling like he lost his salvation, and he knew other Christian men, strong Christians, men and women who went through the same thing. And what he says in his book is that this is a spirit of desolation. I don't know where he got it, but he's right on the money, and a spirit of desolation. A desolation is barrenness of nothing that is trying to bring us to this point of of emptiness, of nothing. And and then what he does in his book is he gives a prayer that I'm going to read to you so you can hear this. And if you want to, you can release him to the show or get his book. But it helped me praying this prayer. And that would break that attack of desolation where he says, this is the prayer. He calls it his glory prayer. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, 
I receive your glory into my being. I receive the glory that fills the oceans, the glory that sustains the sun. I receive the glory that raised Christ from the dead. I pray that your Eden glory would fill my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I am your temple, Lord. Come and fill your temple with your glory. I pray that your Eden glory would shield me against every form of desolation coming over my life. I renounce every agreement I might have made with desolation, every agreement large and small. I choose you, God. I renounce the falling away, and I choose you. Regardless of how I feel, I choose you, Lord. You are my God and Savior. I pray that your Eden glory would fill my life, restoring me, renewing me, granting me supernatural endurance and resilience. I invoke your Eden glory over my life as a shield over my household and domain. I invoke your glory-loving kingdom as my constant strength and shield. In the name of Jesus Christ, ruler of heaven and earth, thank you, Lord. And he hits it right on the nail when he says, I renounce the falling away, because that is what the enemy is trying to do, to convince God's people they've done something to lose their salvation. And let me clear this up right now. We do not fear something we do not have, losing something we do not have. The enemy is not going to attack an unbeliever with you've lost your salvation. <laughs> Think about that. So if that's you and you're getting a believer and getting attacked with the fear of doubt or losing your salvation, that's actually a pretty good sign that you're a God's son or daughter. But that's what, you know, he, again, he's not going to attack somebody with the fear of losing something they don't have. So all through those, but all, that was still intense going through that. And, we're all, you know, Eldridge said, I, no matter my feelings, the enemy was also attacking my emotions. And they, they do have a way where they can attack the emotions with depression or discouragement it felt like a spear. So I'm going through all of this simultaneously, and, and I remember I'm worn out. <laughs> I'm exhausted. And so I had nothing to fight with. But here's the thing. When we have nothing to fight with, God can bless that because then it's either his strength or we collapse. And, and that's what he led me into was during a time when I had nothing showing me at an even deeper level that he can tr- he can that I can trust him to provide me everything I needed including the strength to fight a battle and I don't know who said this God doesn't give you more than you can handle thing but that's um <laughs> that's a load of you know what in 2 Corinthians 1 Paul says that we do not want you to be unaware brothers of the affliction we experienced in Asia we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life. Indeed, we felt that we received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that by so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessed blessing granted us through the prayers of many and during these four weeks when I was going through all this every once in a while somebody would shoot me an email or send me a message that God put it on my heart to pray for you that you're that you're getting attacked with pretty fierce intensity and 
and I ask people for prayer in, in our email newsletter, and um, and prayer is the great game changer. And I know that um, it's so critical for me to have the prayers of God's people during that time. So all going through that, I was I was weak, emotionally weak, physically weak, even. And a great source of comfort for me was Isaiah 40 and 41. I kept going back to those verses where in Isaiah 40, he says, God does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. That was me with no might, with no nothing. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When God says, you will, then you can bank on it. But often, the clause here we got to focus on is those who wait for the Lord. Waiting on God includes standing firm. And waiting for him to keep his promise. So sometimes my prayers were, God, you promised you would give strength, and I'm here, and I need your strength right now. Would you please strengthen me? That's not being proud or arrogant. That's just saying, God, this is your promise. This is your promise. Now give me strength. Isaiah 41 was a great source of comfort, too. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will, guaranteed, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who are sensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. The other thing that would give me comfort was the reminder of Job's story. What happened with Job? I mean, he lost 10 kids in one day. 10 of his, I think it was seven sons and three daughters, killed in one day, lost his business. His physical health was torn apart. And and then what was he left wife left with was a wife who was nagging him and saying go and curse God. She had given up hope evidently. And three friends who ended up in a ridiculous theological debate instead of just shutting their mouths and listening to him. And so Job's suffering had a beginning and an ending point, and that's part of what the enemy tries to do is to discourage us into thinking this is going to go on forever. And when I go to God and I think of him, He, yes, he has a predetermined set plan for what he's doing in my life. And he allowed me to go into that furnace for four straight weeks and to get all my strength burned down to nothing so that he could be my everything and carry me through. And I was also praying some of those God waste my enemies psalms like, Psalm 35, Lord, contend with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. I pray that out loud. And, you know, we're also told in Scripture to, in everything, to give thanks. Everything means everything, including suffering, including spiritual warfare. So there were times I would say, God, thank you for this. You say to consider joy. I'm not really feeling joyful right now. That's James 5.16. I mean, sorry, it's James in James chapter 1. But God, to whatever extent I can, okay, I'm considering this joy. I'm going to trust you to get you through this. I trust you, Lord. My feelings are a mess. My emotions are a mess. But I choose to trust that you are big enough. 
And that not that what it comes down to? That he is way bigger than everything we can get hit with, no matter how hard and how intense. And so the enemy was trying to just take me down, period. Give me to walk away from God, brought me to a point of exhaustion, tried everything, you know, throwing a lot of darts that I'm alone, abandoned, no strength, no nothing, and the God kept coming through he, every single time and kept giving me the victory, and my faith grew. But there was also another benefit from that time in the furnace, those four weeks, and that was sometimes even right in the middle of a fight, a spiritual firefight, God would reveal some things in my heart that needed healing. Maybe it was a lie that was in the core of my heart from years ago, and he would bring these things up to me during this time in the furnace, and then I would pray through, okay, I break this agreement, or I confess this is sin, or whatever it was. And so he was actually healing at a deeper level in areas that I had not been aware of before. And so it was really kind of, it was interesting and not what I expected. So by the time I walked out of that, what I what, what it felt like was he was cleaning me up and bringing me to a place to where when I recovered, I would be stronger than before because those wounds and some of that old stuff I didn't know was there was now healed in my heart, which would make me stronger when I recovered. So four weeks into it, about that time, I don't know, August 26 or something like that, uh, the war, the intense battles pretty much stopped, but I was emotionally exhausted and completely drained. And I knew I was still in a precarious place and that going out and running out and doing a bunch of ministry stuff, anything that included emotional output would not be smart. It would be dumb. It would be it could it would could even be disastrous because that's one of the enemy's um weapons is to try and wear out God's people and so covid and all the insanity and all the darkness in our country and all the new the news that are so dark he's trying to wear the saints out and from Daniel 7:25 he talking about the antichrist shall speak words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high so i knew that part of the enemy's battle plan was to wear me out and keep me in a place of being worn down. So I cleared my schedule, didn't do any counseling calls, took some time off, slowed way down, and uh, I googled, you know, emotional exhaustion, and there were several sites with counselors that had a bunch of psychobabble that didn't help me a bit, and actually what helped me the most was Banner Hospital had an, an article, and and the things they had on there were simple and things that I pretty much knew and had been working on, which practice gratitude. Saying thank you really actually rewires the brain and, and, and lights your mind up. Take a walk. So I was taking walks. Exercise. I had never stopped exercising. Work breaks in your schedule. I was taking time off. Choose healthy foods and drink plenty of water. This is not the time to go pound down a gallon of ice cream. This is the time to take care of your body and, of course, getting plenty of rest. So, so my friends, I know that there, is plenty, there are plenty of you 
We're going to be going through, either will be going through or have or are going through something like this. Maybe not this severe, but part of our mission in the church is supposed to be equipping you to be spiritual overcomers and warriors and fighters, and it continues to amaze me when we don't hear these things brought up in church and we're not equipping people and we're watching lives be destroyed because of our comfort-driven mentality People, our, our hearts turn into mush when all we do is focus on comfort. We have to challenge each other. We have to equip each other. And yes, and we encourage each other. And yes, comfort is good. But it's a part of what we should be doing. We have to realize the battle is intense. And when I shared what I've gone through with other people, they said thank you because they've gone through similar things. And, and it, sometimes when you tell people you're hearing suicidal thoughts or falling away crazy stuff, and you tell the wrong person, they give you this really screwed up, confused, blank look. And a part of that is because we do not talk about warfare in church, which is a big mistake with the tragic results. So we have to open this up. So my friends, thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.